Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two men who combine to be a mechanized organism designed only for podcasting. It's Shane Beauregard. <laughs> What's up? Hey, and Chris Brodell. Oh, I get it. Modop. Modop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like in the movies. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> this, if you couldn't tell already, we are going to jump headfirst into the quantum realm and cover Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, alongside probably some Phase 5 conversations and RIP to Phase 4, good riddance, all that stuff maybe. <laughs> but of course we have to get right into the movie because it's a, it's a huge deal. I know that, again, for the 31st consecutive movie for the MCU, congratulations to them. It, this is, again, number one at the box office, uh, made... Uh, a bit above expectations, so they say, with $104 million over the three-day weekend and on target to make about $118 to $120 million over the four-day holiday weekend. Now, again, you know, that is domestic totals. It looks like uh, worldwide has uh, come down a little bit because maybe that's around $121 million for a combined around 225 total. And again... That's with the fact that this actually got to open in China for like the first time and everything else. So, you know, a little a little under the projection for international, a little above domestically. So I'm sure it's all it's all there. It's all good money for MCU. Uh, so nobody's going to complain for sure. But that's not what we're here for. We're here to say whether the movie is good or not, especially when you're talking about the kickoff to phase five. Chris, what were your expectations, at least coming into this? Because uh, to me, I thought this had to be such a, a, a no-brainer win for them because of all the expectations of what's to come. Okay. I've been burned before. So the expectation <laughs> yes. has been, you know, I, I just want to come out of it being good, better than Phase 4 as a whole. It wasn't Phase 4, uh, <laughs> but I will say... My bar was, like, kind of low. You would hope so for being, like, the third of any franchise, but this movie is pivoted to be something very different. It's supposed to be, you know, when you name movies two years from now or a year and a half from now about the Kang dynasty and all these extra, you know, big things that introduce, sort of, at least cinematically, the character of Kang and the new big bad you know, people are going to sit up and take notice. It's a little different from when Thanos was introducing Guardians because people weren't going, oh my God, they named the Infinity Gauntlet stuff at the end. It's it's not Infinity War and 
uh, Endgame and all these things like that has to do with Thanos. This is crazy. Nobody cared on that level when he was introduced no. in Guardians. But I will say, especially you know, Guardians being one of my favorite movies in all of the MCU films, this movie is not that, and it didn't, and it felt more like that it had homework to do to set up things more than it was Ant-Man 3 or Ant-Man the Wasp 3 whatever you want to say uh Shane do you agree with that like where were your where was your head at going into all this um yeah my bar was probably set a little higher than Chris's just based on the trailers I've seen for this Ant-Man movie and I like both the prior movies and I'll have to say I was underwhelmed with this movie as a whole Mm. I thought they took the joy out of the Ant-Man series because the first two were like heist movies. They were quirky. They were funny. And to me, this didn't have the same heart the other two did. Right. I thought the best part of the movie was Jonathan Majors as Kang. But that being said, I didn't care about the villain setup. I just, this movie, like Chris kind of alluded to in a nice way, it's not phase four, but it's not too far off from phase four. Like I was just so underwhelmed with this movie uh, and just disappointed as a whole. Yeah, it's a very odd. Uh, th- I agree with you on a lot of those notes. And in fact, um, people will be quick to point out that this movie is the first one. Not only, I mean, like the original script, you know, was taken from Edgar Wright's original writings and went through a bunch of other screenwriters to get to the page. It was more of like a committee of things, including uh, Paul Rudd is a credited screenwriter on the first mm-hmm. Ant-Man and Ant-Man the Wasp. And I think part of that is, I don't know if he's doing actual, like, say, script doctoring, punching it up, doing whatever, or the other part of that, especially knowing who Paul Rudd is and what he's known for, a lot of times you get a screenwriting credit if you're doing a lot of improv and it kind of makes its way into the movie. And, again, that makes it because it's more of an open, humorous feeling and there's a lot of like stuff that you can riff on this movie doesn't have that so uh people will be quick to point out that this doesn't have a paul rudd screenwriting credit and also it i don't want to disparage uh this person but like jeff loveness is the credited screenwriter on here and he doesn't really have a track record he has writing for rick and morty as like his track record so it's not like he came from any other MCU product. It's not even like he came from any other Marvel or like so kind of like sci-fi stuff or even writing for movies. So it's an interesting choice for someone to write such a big film that's going to kick off Phase 5. Um, so it does have a very different tone, mostly because you're not working off of like you know a consistent team. Like you have Peyton Reed the director for the third time, which is good for continuity there. And obviously a lot of the same casting choices and everything else outside of uh, Cassie, which we can get into, you know, people are making a big deal out of that. I I don't really have a strong opinion on that whatsoever. We're now in Cassie three. So I don't, I don't fully, (laughs) fully care on that one. But to me, I mean, let's put it this way before we put our own real thoughts on paper. This is not what you want. Uh, critically, uh, because the response has been very mediocre to down. The Rotten Tomato score uh, on the critic side is 47%. Uh, that's not good. 
Uh, it's probably, I think, the lowest they've had, at least since Eternals, if not like all time. It has a 48 Metascore, a 6.6 on IMDb, uh, and a 2.8 on Letterboxd. The only saving grace is that it's an 84% Rotten Tomato audience score, which, you know, at least favors between that and, you know, the 6.6 IMDb, like, that's at least a little more positive to where at least audiences aren't overthinking it. But I think hardcore MCU fans are like not having a good time with this. And, and they're especially because the expectations from like you and me, Shane, like where I was like, yeah, this has to be a big deal. Cause it's setting up so much that it has to land the plane. And I thought it was the, I think the worst part about it for me is that it didn't register a strong opinion at all. Like, I was like, that happened, and that should not be the reaction when you're introducing Kang on this huge level. Right. My my first thought was, meh. That is exactly what I thought. I was like, meh, okay. Now, is it as bad as the Eternals? No. no. Is it bad as Thor 2? No. No. But it's, it's if I had to put it in its place, it's lower tier Mar- MCU, in my opinion. They just fumbled this movie. I thought... God, and it's my fault for having the bar set probably a little too high, but it's not what I was looking for. It's they, I don't know. This movie was a CGI nightmare at times as well. Right. So I did not have a good time at this movie. Right. And Chris, uh, especially because you're the bigger comic book fan of the three of us, mm-hmm. the weird, the weird feeling for me is that I felt like this movie was more comic booky than, like, say, a lot of other movies that the mcu does the mcu is actually pretty good about especially even movies like this which weirdly felt self-contained even though it's something that's going to have implications down the line it's one of those movies though that not only felt more comic booky but it also felt like almost like a star wars episode like it it was weird like without you know kind of going into bigger implications but between the look of it with this, you know, the them taking the Mandalorian tech and then doing the matting that way to do the whole quantum realm and being out of the actual universe, you know, being like in the quantum realm for most of the movie and having all these extra kind of almost sci-fi characters and everything else. Like it felt the most of those type of elements, which we haven't really seen in the MCU. Maybe Guardians is like that more than anybody. But this Kinda, was yeah. this was probably the closest approximation, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say, uh, as as far as the Star Wars feel of it, uh, there was definitely some looks to characters that reminded me of like how uh, Princess Leia was disguised in uh, Return of the Jedi when she went yeah. to uh, Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of those looks, and I was like, okay, all right. Well, you have to have a, a different world and whatnot. Sure. But uh, when you're looking at the the scope of uh, the quantum realm, I think I said to you when uh, we saw it, it seemed like this was more multiverse of madness than Doctor Strange was. Yeah. Like, I, like that's it, it seemed otherworldly. And I think in the previous Ant-Man films, you're still tied to the real world. Mm hmm. You you still have you, you still have a, a looming threat, and I didn't feel like you're introducing 
Kang mm-hmm. in this movie, this version of Kang. Um, yeah, I, I want to get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. You have this version of Kang who is menacing, but you're like, well, nothing's going to happen to him. Right. Uh, maybe something could happen to Paul Rudd's character or anybody else, but Cassie has to go forward because, as you said, we know the future film titles. We know that everyone's hinting that you're going to have a young Avengers and she's one of them. So you're like, there's no, there's no threat to these people. You're introduced to these new characters that may live or die, but uh, you know, we just met them. So they, they don't really hold anything to us. Yeah. I feel like there's two things at play that still, we've talked about them before with phase four, but I think even more now I'm, growing in concern because we keep saying the the young avengers or like these characters that have to grow in prominence because you're not going to have the people well obviously we're we already are without you know your iron mans and your uh, original caps and all these other things that we're already missing uh the original t'challa and and you know it seems like they're working on you know phasing out paul rudd and evangeline lily and all these other things so it's interesting what we're going to have left over. You could say interesting or concerning. I actually vote more concerning, or at least that's going to push out fans who have been along this whole 15-year ride. Um, I know it's a tough bridge that they have to do here, where Tom Holland's probably going to become the elder statesman at some point, which is fucking wild. Um, but it's interesting how this thing is whole being set up, especially when we know what movies are coming in the next couple of years. We know probably what shows are coming in the next year uh, yep. or more. And yet none of them have some kind of like big labeled thing, young Avengers or some kind of Avengers thing that unless they're the ones who are going to go up against Kang, which I don't know what the hell that means. And we're also staring down guardians three next and Guardians 3 seems to be a self-contained thing where they might not continue on, or at least not all of them is the implication, and that's troubling. So my two big things right now to look for is, does the MCU have a star problem coming forward? Because we've talked about that before. And I think they also have a slight villain problem, even though I like Jonathan Majors in this role, but between... The multiple variants, the timeline jumps, the multiverse stuff. I think this is the hardest part for the MCU to sell to their general audience. What the hell is going on? Because even as a person who read comic books growing up and who watches all this stuff, I still find myself hard to contain all of the information I need to enjoy it on the level that I think I need to. And then also it just needs to be good. And and we're... I think we're serving a lot of masters and it's getting very convoluted. Shane, as you're less of a comic book guy than say Chris and maybe closer to my level, I don't know. Um, how do you feel about all of those issues? You know, it's funny. I think I said this on this show about it, you know, when we started with the Dr. Strange two or multiverse movie yeah. that uh, the MCU blew its load with Endgame. Like yeah. that was, that was it. That was the peak of the MCU and this movie drug me down so much where it's like I used to look forward to going to these movies, the MCU movies when they came out. But I think after Guardians 3, I'm done. Like I'm not, I'm done. Not 
to say I'll never watch them again. Right. But I'm not going to rush to opening weekend to go see Marvel films. I'm burnt out. I'm done. Like, there's nothing that interests me in these movies. The setup for Kang was lackluster. It's like I said, it's like I didn't have any emotional pull to any of these characters. Like, I just don't care at this point. The only thing I'm looking forward to, just because I'm a fan, is the new Daredevil show. And again, I'm skeptical about that. But as far as like the Phase Five stuff, I don't know, man. Like they they have they outside of Guardians Three, they have lost me at this point. Yeah, because I mean, th- to be honest, again for the the older crowd of the people who have been here for the last fifteen years or what have you, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy's next. I'm looking forward looking forward to that. The Marvels, I think a lot of the stuff that's built into that team up you can call it, I don't have a lot of affection towards or it's so new and I don't think they've done a good job of selling me on certain characters with that. Um, Then you got things like Captain America New World Order, which you can't tell me, even though I'm very much enjoying shrinking and I will probably watch uh, (laughs) Indiana Jones, telling me that Harrison Ford being the president doesn't ratchet anything up for me. We're still coming off of okay so sam is the new captain america okay it doesn't really do a lot for me uh there's a reason when you have a person who's a side character and you're trying to elevate his status it doesn't mean that i'm gonna respond in that same way of like oh good for good for us that's great you know we're getting the also rans to now be you know taking charge um, which a lot of people can feel that way about Cassie. It's like, hey, it's our third Cassie. She was barely around, and now she's going to save the fucking universe and be the new Ant-Man of sorts uh, as it goes forward. So that's very uh, interesting to to digest. Then Thunderbolts and Blader after that. And Thunderbolt sounds like it could be kind of like a decent Guardians replacement, if done right, because it'll be Suicide Squatty. It'll be, you know, have some of that vein. I don't actually know who's fully in charge of running that movie do you guys know no no clue not a, and not a uh clue. i don't even know if uh, you can uh list blade as uh an upcoming movie because they still don't have anybody behind a director, that right i think right. they just landed on all that so so as oh, far they? as i know gardens of the galaxy and the marvels are in post-production have solid dates captain america new world order is still listed in pre-production and doesn't have a release date until May of 2024. So if you go by the gaps, I mean, especially for for what we're used to, Marvel's is November, and then we're not going to get another MCU movie for six months after that. That's a, a bigger stretch than they're used to. And they backed up a lot of the MCU shows, too, where a lot of them are now just straight up undated. Like, we don't know when they're coming. Um, Secret Invasion and Loki are in post-production, so they're supposed to come before the end of the year. But now, like, things like uh, the next season of What If, Ironheart, Echo, uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and Daredevil, you're talking maybe the land in 23, but we don't know when. And they want to space these out, they said, more. And then uh, Daredevil is listed as early 2024 now because they, it's probably going to keep getting pushed back and pushed back. And if he doesn't have anything to do with you know, any other pro, uh, 
show or uh, continuity or whatever besides She-Hulk, and there's no second season of all these other shows that they just did coming up, then I don't know where everybody fits in, you know? And by the time we get to Kang Dynasty, who's going to be the people who are going to rally together to kind of have this big Avengers moment? And I think, so where's my stars besides Tom Holland? And when it comes to Kang, I think they're in good hands with Jonathan Majors, but I personally am just like, okay, even for how much I like Loki, the timeline stuff is get, like it gets to me. Like, cause it just becomes like a bunch of jumbled wires at this point where I'm yeah. like, which one are we on? I don't care what earth I'm on. Like, <laughs> what a, if there's a variant enough to fill a fucking stadium, how does everything coalesce where you can stop Kang as a concept? Um, and we don't know a lot of these things. And I would wonder of all the movies we listed for the next year or so, what movie is going to involve Kang? Any of them? None of them? Uh, that's a good That's a good question. Um, I was thinking about that earlier today, and I don't know, outside of maybe him popping into some of the TV shows, I, I don't know. Unless they drop a surprise movie that we're not ready for, like Fantastic Four or something, which I heard that's like 2025 right. or some shit like that. I I agree with you. I think Tom Holland is probably their most bankable star and movie franchise right now. But we haven't heard crap about another Spider-Man movie. So, I, I again, I don't know where they go from Actually, here. Actually, they just think, recently did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then I, I didn't hear about they that. They just so. did. But, again, it's in the script writing process. So, But they and did it, say they Spider-Man that, 4 is in process. Okay. And they said it's going to lead into the Kang Dynasty. So he's okay. he's the, the the lead movie going into the grander movie. Um, but I'll say like two things stick with me. I really wish the uh, Jonathan Majors version of Kang that was in Loki would have continued because like I I thought he did great. Yeah, I like that version. Sure. Yeah. yeah, like it, it, he was unpredictable. You're like, it, he seems nice, but no, he's he's not. He's, I, I don't know. Like they say that wasn't Kang. That was, was it uh, the man at the end of the timeline or what, whatever the hell it was. He's <laughs> yeah, gone I now. what the term was, yes. But, you know, you have all these clusters of shows that you're like, oh, well, Sam took over the mantle as uh, Captain America. So now he's going to continue. So he's not Falcon anymore. He's Captain America. Right. You know, it's like, okay, great. Captain America. Don't be a derivative character. Be your own person. I like Sam as the Falcon. Yeah. I like what he's capable of doing. You know, just because now he's a symbol of America, you know, uh, the new America, the new world order, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> sure. Um, Tag team WWF, baby. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all I keep on thinking of. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, you know, why are you going to have a show about Echo right. when she wasn't even the most interesting thing out of Hawkeye? Yeah. You know, you should have her appear in Daredevil as she appeared in Daredevil in the comic books. Right. But. You know, I think they're just stretching themselves thin, and it's like, oh, look, we have a twelve-episode series of this. I didn't yeah. ask for that. 
Well, and, it, it's like um, no, sorry, it's like no, the Star no. Wars problem. It's like, all right, like there shouldn't be an Agatha show. I'm sorry, there shouldn't be an no. Echo show. It's like let's give all these kind of popular secondary characters of their own mm-hmm. show. And I'm like, stop. We don't. We just don't need that. It's like no. they're flooding us no. with all these shows. And I'm glad at least Kevin uh, Foggy, Foggy at least said like, hey, was like, hey, we need to slow this down and spread stuff out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad they're yeah. just not bombarding us with show after show after show. Like, let it breathe, man. Like, you don't need to give everyone a show. And we yeah. can get into a Star Wars discussion, but they did the same thing with Star Wars. Like, we don't need all these secondary shows off of. The Mandalorian. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm done. And guess what, guys? I mean, Bob Iger came out and based, and that whole thing dropped where they lost subscribers. So even for how much they're, like, just flooding the market with all this stuff, it's not helping them advance the core thing that they want to do, which is build up Disney+. Plus. So um, will that rebound with um, Mandalorian coming back in a couple weeks? Probably. I think so. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, the more you have time between these big temple shows or dropping an MCU movie on the platform for people who haven't seen it maybe or want to relive it, people will probably unsubscribe. <laughs> so, because what else are they holding on to unless maybe they have kids like myself where, you know, Bluey reigns supreme or something else, you know, that is keeping hmm. people on the platform. But the all the issues that we're having with all of this, I think, is really having... <laughs> a profound effect on them all around. And, you know, whether it means the Disney plus then, whether it means obviously the box office didn't hurt for this. And I think it's because everybody went in with the expectations of, well, this has to be good because it's going to set up so much going forward. And then when you got what you got, you're like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll wait for guardians now because there's nothing to hold on to. There's no, big carryover effect there's nothing that i and even as far as comics go there's so much kang stuff that i don't know which direction they're going with this it's not like the infinity gauntlet which i read and you get a general sense or secret wars will come out of this too you know there's a lot of things that are going to stretch out with this that i don't know what to care about or what to get excited about and especially knowing we went over what's coming up and i'm like Loki season two seems interesting now because I want more clarity. Outside of that, eh? Yeah, Are you guys kind of in the same place? Yeah, but I, I'm I, with I, you. Now, see, the only thing I'm looking forward to, which probably isn't related to any of the movies we're talking about, is Deadpool three. That's it. That's all I'm looking forward to. Yeah, which I want to see the U- undated. Have no idea right. when that's going to drop. Probably has to go closer to the Fantastic Four stuff because I think for rights purposes, um, right. because I think the X Men stuff doesn't isn't cleared until 2025 i think if that's correct so yeah we have time on all that stuff too so let me ask you this chris because again you're you're well steeped in this you're mr marvel of course that we've teased you (laughs) before um (laughs) but people are complaining about because because phase four was lackluster for a lot of people people are maybe comparing you know phase five to now phase four, or phase three, when a lot of people are saying they should compare it to like phase two or phase one, because we just went through phase four, kind of went through the reset of kind of, you know, the post end game stuff where we introduced a lot of new characters yeah. and we're going to have, and now we're going to bring in the, 
the the timeline shift to Kang and things meaning a lot in that direction while still introducing yeah. some new characters. Do you think that's accurate? Do, are we hmm. and without saying are we too harsh on phase 4? But do you see like anything knowing maybe more about Kang than I do? Is this all going to make sense? Who do you think is going to latch on to the Kang thing? Because obviously the Ant-Man part of it is kind of not over, but less interesting to me. Yeah, uh, I will say, as I am Mr. Marvel, um, <laughs> it was hard for me to to accept that, to, to be like, I root for him regardless. Phase four was tough. It, it seemed like a mishmash of ideas. It, it didn't seem like it was cohesive enough, even though they were kind of peppering in what the future was going to hold. Right. Uh, but there was no connectivity. It was, sure, it was all about grief, as uh, Kevin Feige came out to say. Sure. That's the through line. It's grief. It's, it's what the passing kids love. the baton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's passing the baton uh, yeah. to these other characters. But when you have Loki introduce you to different timelines and the policing of those timelines so they don't go scatterbrained, right? that was all pushed to the wayside with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. It, and it Thor wasn't thunder, like nothing. Right. Nothing mm, was referenced. Nothing, nothing was yeah. carried over to those until right. you're introduced to a character who uh, is similar to one we saw in Loki. Now he's a different version of that. Yeah. And uh, the the other standout bit that I didn't like out of um, Quantumania was the fact that we were regurgitated with the ideas that, that have all been presented to us. Yeah. With the first two films with uh, Loki, with, uh, you know, Doctor Strange, all of this stuff was explained, yet they repeated it, all the same lines of dialogue, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, explaining how, you know, certain timelines branch out and this and that. I'm like, we've heard this before. So give us something new. Give us something to springboard into phase five. Right. If this is, if this is indeed the start to the next phase we've already seen it there's yeah. no one just jumping into these movies now well, except saying, for that one guy you heard outside that of the one guy part. i overheard yeah <laughs> but honestly like the majority of people have seen all the shows have seen all the movies and they're ready for what's what's coming down the pipe yeah and don't talk down to us and say here's how the timeline works we know how it works you know, we're not we're not dumb. Do we? I might be a little dumb. I don't know. Like, no, no, no. I, like, I'm a little all over the place about it. Yeah. Like, uh, honestly, like uh, I think Loki uh, explained it in in the full season. Yeah. And then everyone goes their own way with it. It's like a game of telephone. Yeah. Um. Well, and especially now that we have the whole variant thing, I think that's going to confuse yeah. a lot of people. And I don't know if they explained it well enough in this movie, besides just throwing out little lines like, wait till you meet the rest of me, or like the rest of my yeah. variants, or you know, all these things like, okay, 
you know, or they banish me here, like trying to do all these things. And, and then we get a little bit more with the after credit thing. But yeah, I mean, you saw in the movie theater, Chris, people were leaving. They didn't stay for the end credit stuff. Um, and people weren't clapping right. No, that was very weird. I think that uh, there were a bunch of people who were trying to do some force like claps at the end and it didn't yeah. catch on, and then they tried it again. I was like, stop trying to make this happen. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah, it was honestly, the uh, movie ends, uh, the credits start to go. Yeah. What was that? That's yeah. not even a clap. Yeah. No. That's not even the starter clap. No. I, I, I'm glad no one clapped in my movie theater, because I would have told uh. them to stop. I would have told them to stop, <laughs> yeah. just like I did before. I forgot what movie it was, but they started clapping. I'm like, no, yeah. no, yeah. stop clapping. <laughs> Oh, he told me to stop. I'm going to stop. (laughs) But I still still love that guy, though, Chris, that, oh, this was my first MCU movie, and this was great. It's like, what? It's still really good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, come on. You should see some other movies. Um, (laughs) Any uh, any of them. Any of them. (laughs) So- do you do you guys find that this particular? I like. I want to concentrate a little bit on the movie before we get yeah. like because we we've already done like the in and out like of everything, but this movie in particular I think just suffers. I had a hard time with this one. Just going like you said, Shane. I had this very shrug, meh feeling about it, but I I kept trying to say like why why do I feel this way and I couldn't fully grasp on it. I think the biggest thing is that like a lot of other MCU products, it was serving way too many masters. Like this movie, it starts where we're concentrating on Paul Rudd because it's his walk through the city. It's his thing. Cause he's Ant-Man, right? So we have to concentrate on him. And then it's about how maybe he lost time because we want to make that a theme. So we're, we're now getting more into the Cassie thing and Cassie's tied into what she's been doing with her grandparents to, or at least with Hank Pym to try to do her little project and trying to get to know more about her and her goals. Then we end up in the quantum realm and it's all about Janet. So we got to go through that portion of everything where the importance gets shifted to her because we have to explain her and her uh, you know, history with Kang and where this all goes and what she left behind and how these people are going to treat them now that they're here with Janet and hearing the word Janet. And then as it goes along, then it tries to shift back to Paul Rudd and Cassie and trying to be like, yeah, I got a man up. I've been not, you know, helping people since the, the, the blip, uh, you know, whatever. And trying to, to come back to reality here. I wrote a book instead of like going out superheroing, um, but that's yeah. mostly because where the fuck are, what is the continuity with the Avengers? Is it really Ant-Man's fault? Is it really Paul Rudd's fault? So you have all that and then it keeps feeding into that relationship and having to kind of step up to the plate because now there is a big bad. Now there is a person to confront. And all of a sudden, most of this movie, as Shane alluded to, is not as funny or at least not as funny through Ant-Man anyway, through Paul Rudd's charm offensive yeah. that he has every single time that man is on screen. He's adorable, and we all love him. So, But yes. we instead we get mostly the serious him, and then also him having a one-on-one punch, punch out, you know, like, you know, fight with Kang, 
And then also, after all of those things I just said, you know this movie is called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, right? Like, so his relationship oh, yeah. completely gets put on the back burner with, you know, hope and everything else. And then they try to shoehorn her into how it all ties up. And and I felt like she was never really there. She was on the periphery when whenever they needed to tile her up, but it didn't really work. So when you take all that into consideration and now where this is going to go forward, I think this movie fails because of that, because it's spread out way too thin. I have to worry about everything in the quantum realm, everything going on with this family and everything going on with Kane or, uh, and Kang and everything else going for it. It's a lot for a movie that's a little over two hours. Right. It's like you said, they try to juggle too many balls at the same time. And after a while, I just didn't care. And honestly, I forgot Michael Douglas was in this movie half the time. <laughs> yeah. Like there were big chunks in the movie where he just disappeared. And I'm like, oh, there's Michael Douglas. Yeah. Getting all the ants together. Like what's going on? Like you said, I just after a while, I just lost interest. I'm like, because you said you hit. I can't add anything to what you said because you just like nailed everything. Like they had too many little storylines going along. They never like fleshed them out. The whole wasp connection between uh, her and Paul Rudd again were like left like just afterthoughts for the movie. I'm still not over the haircut. We all know it. Right. Me either. <laughs> oh, my God. And honestly, I know Cassie got raked up, but I liked that actress who plays Cassie, so I'm not going to yeah. kill her for that because I, I found her okay. Yeah. But again, it just was hmm. – I use this word sometimes. It's it, it was kind of joyless. I was going through the motions with this movie. Like, I'd rather watch uh, Thor Love and the newest Thor movie again before <sighs> I venture into this movie. Give me Thor Love and whatever that was. Yeah. That I can't agree with. Sorry, I don't I know I though, do- Chris. Like, I guess because I, I, it, honestly, isn't it kind of like, similar though? Where at least it's like, oh, Christian Bale was a good villain, but didn't really get to kind of be full force, or really wasn't it, like consistent enough. Then you have Kang here, where it's like, oh yeah, Jonathan Majors is crushing it, but the movie still doesn't succeed. Like, so and it, and they try to make jokes periodically but they have to be a little more serious and the tone feels yeah. different like it does have a lot of the same problems i will I, say i can't i can't say that uh uh jonathan majors got to flex his his acting abilities in this i think he's he not monologued but he de- he definitely you know had his moments where he would just say things Ooh, it's menacing right but you know, he wasn't really the threat I thought he was going to be. Yeah. But I'm sure in the future he's really going to, you know, affect things. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think I, I can't even recall if, uh, oh, my God, the wasp. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't even sure if she even fought in her full costume. Yeah. she. How sad is that? I, I forget I that, though. Yeah. She wasn't I think really she utilized. She just Kang, basically right when she comes through the portal. So like she has yeah. some things, and she's in yep. the costume a lot of times in the quantum realm because I think she grabbed her parents or something to where yeah. so they didn't crash land or whatever. Yeah, but also I pointed this out is that you know I, I was really annoyed by the fact that every time someone wanted to talk and they were full helmet the helmet came up they talk oh wait a minute action is happening the helmet goes back on and it was like a, a visor going back and forth haywire 
uh, throughout the whole thing. It's just like, listen, we know they're good looking people, but yeah. just keep them covered. They're in a battle. There's no need for them to flip it up. Talk to their uh, cohorts. Yeah. Flip it back down. Go back into battle. It just it. I'm not even saying this movie was the only culprit of that. Right. From Iron Man to this movie, they mm. always did that. It's just like, why are you? Why are you showing us? We know whose voice that is. Right. Now, my curiosity with Kang and how they're utilizing him in the MCU. I know this isn't a very MCU thing to do, but DC has done it and it's starting to work for them, at least on some level. Do you think it would have made more sense to make a Kang movie instead of just shoehorning this into Ant-Man 3? Meaning like if I saw him get banished and then we can tie it in, have Janet's thing. Cool. Fine. Whatever. But like it with the variance thing, the whole council of them, all this stuff. And, and maybe tie it into the carryover of what happened from Loki season one and whatever. Do you think it would have behooved them at least to open the movie with it? Or at least to maybe even have a standalone movie to help us explain what we're going to do going forward? Because this concept is not as easy to digest as Thanos. Thanos, which even then they did good jobs of going back and showing, you know, when he first uh, got Nebula and Gamora and... You know how they how he, you know, conquered a bunch of places and gave them choices and what like the whole mantra of Thanos we saw, but like Kang, yeah. we haven't seen shit, and we now have what two variants of him are already gone. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think they dropped the ball because um, I thought they should have peppered him in more throughout since Loki. I but they dropped the ball. Like after yeah. Loki, we didn't see him until now. Right. It's like, at least with Thanos, like you said, they would pepper him in throughout different movies or make reference to him and show little snippets. And this one, it's like, oh, okay, we get Kang at the end of Loki and then nothing till now. Like, right. What? Like, yeah. So they totally mishandled the way they should have uh, revealed him to us, I will say. But uh, to have a standalone movie, not a bad idea. But definitely between Loki and now, we should have seen or at least heard more about the threat of Kang or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like but, show him in uh, Doctor Strange 2 or, or mention him in Spider-Man. But yeah. no, because you had the the different timelines for those. But again, no mention of Kang until now. It's like, OK. And look at how he's used in Loki, too. It's at the very end. It's not like it's the Kang show. It's all about right. Loki and the variants and all these other things. I guess it's getting us used to concepts by repeating them over. But, sure. you know, but there's a lot of time in between them and it's not consistent enough. And especially when it comes to Kang, I need to know what he's all about because it seems like every variant has a different version of what they're all about. Right. I think also they should have, I, and I know this is Monday morning uh, quarterbacking. Well, but, uh, sure, that's what reviews are. No, but also, <laughs> uh, I think at the end of Loki, when one version of him was killed off, here comes the one that we're introduced to in Ant-Man saying, you know, what have you done? You know, it's almost like a revenge thing. Like, you know, you killed one of me. Right. And that doesn't sit well with me. You're going to pay. Right. You know, and then like, ooh, and you leave it on the cliffhanger. And then suddenly, you know, uh, Dr. Strange is messing with the the 
multiverse. Yeah. And that version of Kang is released, you know, and he's just like, oh, there's more of you I can, I can kill, you know, cause you're, I see that you're associated with this Loki character, you right. know, now you're my threat, you know, and it just goes on like that, but they never did that. They never just jumped on it. Yeah. And that would have been perfect. They had Jonathan Majors. They should have used him more, just like Shane said. They should have, uh, you know, carried on this character like they did with Thanos. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. For whatever reason, they didn't. And like you said, because of scheduling conflicts, because of the promise of, you know, dates to be released and uh, coronavirus, everything gets flipped. Yeah. But you have to factor in that not everything is going to go smoothly. Sure. Like, you know, like podcasting. Each week, (laughs) we don't get to do exactly what we want to do, but we go with the flow and we figure it out. Yeah. Or we don't come out with an episode that week. But anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sure. It's just a promise we make for ourselves that each week we're going to talk. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. So... Let's figure it out. Yeah. And we, it all ties together anyways. It's like ever since May of last year, we're moving forward. Yeah. So. Exactly. I don't know. I just want (sighs) to talk to somebody who really liked this movie because (laughs) I think the people who would say that will probably just say a reductive statement like, it's fun. And I'd go, is it? And I think that's just a simple binary that I just don't know who these people are on what level and. And and how we're all ranking these because I don't know this is uh it's bottom tier MCU mm-hmm. um I don't know where that all lies there's a lot of kind of meh to below now it's starting to mm. that thirty one number I'd probably say we're like a half half proposition uh now because we've accumulated a bunch between phase four and now into phase five of mediocre kind of movies that were just like okay. Obviously compounded by the the whole show thing on top of it now because we're all tying them all together. But the yeah. the one thing I would say is that I think I feel the same way about this movie as Paul Rudd felt about summarizing his own movie at the end. <laughs> Where he's just like, <laughs> so yeah, we're safe, right? We're safe, right? Yeah. I don't know. We're, kinda, sa- we're good, kinda. right? Are we good? <laughs> and then like just, and then the movie ends. That's how I felt like I was a little confused. I was entertained some. It's not a complete dumpster fire. But, and like, uh, I even wrote down, like, do you know how many t-shirts people are going to have of it's never too late to not be a dick or I have holes or something to do with MODOK or something like, which by the way, the MODOK thing is a whole other thing. I couldn't look at that thing. I, I, I know oh. MODOK. I've seen various things of MODOK. I get the MODOK yep. thing. But to have it to be uh, Corey Stoll's character and have that stretch face, never, I couldn't look at it. Like, it wasn't even oh. like, oh, this is funny because he, he's there and it's whatever. I couldn't even just bring it in because I didn't want to look at it. Uh, I didn't even want to mention that. I totally <laughs> forgot he was in this damn movie. But I was shocked to realize it was Corey Stahl. Like, I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, they're bringing him back for this thing. Yeah. Like you, I had a, I had a tough time looking at it. Like, I couldn't look at it straight on. Yeah. It should have been Patton. should have been yeah, Patton true. Oswald. But again, they feel like they need to tie everything. And, and I, I guess it's a decent idea. But again, I think it goes back to 
why is someone who has barely any experience writing such a critical movie in the MCU right now? And so I guess Paul Rudd was busy, I guess, <laughs> you know, um, ironically, having a scene where he has multiple versions of himself uh, calling back to his Netflix show, uh, you know, where he plays multiple yep. versions of himself. It's kind of fun. Uh, all I know yourself. Yeah. And all I know is uh, people, you know, might be maybe it's high time we all just stop podcasting and just get a Baskin Robbins franchise and try to see how long that'll <laughs> ride out. Maybe for a couple of years and then sell it off. Wait a minute. 31 flavors? 31 movies? 31st movie? <laughs> yeah. The possibilities are- I think I read that are, somewhere. I can't yeah, even take I know. that. I know. I did yeah. too. I did too. Don't worry about it. Um, any other <sighs> thoughts as we either look forward or any other further things about this movie? Are we scoring it? Uh, we have to. We do it every week. I know. Do, I will do we say, have to? Can we just say, like, just trust our words? No. no. No, I will say I'm doing the cheat code again because I completely agree with the letterbox score. If I could give it 2.75, I would. But obviously, my letterbox score will probably be three, even though I think it's an unearned three. Uh, I can't get it to three. It's a two and a half. And that's a stretch. That's a stretch. My problem uh, is, is I can't remember the last time I gave two and a half to a MCU movie. Like even like Thor got and Thunder, like we were just talking about. I think I gave it three because I got enough from Christian Bale at times. I got enough laughs from certain things. I got enough. I liked Natalie Portman in that particular thing. Like I got enough that I was like, all right, I'm going to at least kind of put it down the middle. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a two and a half. So that's where I'm like, all right, the 2.8 that it has on Letterboxd sounds pretty damn accurate. So that's where I'm like 2.75. Gotcha. I think uh, because I believe my score for Thor Love and Thunder was two and a half. Uh, I did say this was better than that. So I'm going to have to go with a three with that. But it straddles that line. It really does. Like, yeah, you you know me in scoring like it. it it's either <laughs> terrible or it's, you know, spot on. Um, yeah. But. I will say, like, you know, there were certain things out of this movie that I was entertained by. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm an easy mark. But, yeah, th there was just something lacking from it that I can't give it anything higher than a three. Like, I, I can't say, oh, it's Marvel, so it's a three and a half. Right. You know, it's a three, and that's stretching it. I feel like it's just a disposable movie, which it just can't be on so many levels. Like it I, is. In comparison to the other two Ant-Man movies, I think I immediately love those movies. Like they they have they a just, charm. Yeah. They yeah, they 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 hit me in all the right uh feels. Yeah. Between then my, the Michael one, Peña's of the world and all these other side characters right? were definitely missing out of this particular movie. Yeah. E even though uh you picked up on uh David Dismulchin uh playing the uh the yeah. blob what is his name Veb uh, or something like it's that? Veb, I th yeah. yeah it was it's like you know it's it's like uh not even words they're just like sounds yeah yeah it's Veb. yeah yeah. Veb. yeah i think i'll remember small little stupid things from this movie more than i think about like the plot or any of things like that like oh cool they made a guy who is broccoli that's fun or yeah you know, right. or Veb's little like obsession with holes that gets kind of fun like 
but a lot yeah. of it is very disposable and i think that's it's it might be a bigger problem than they realize right now it is for me yeah, yeah. so all right so do we get all the scores out on that i, I don't think so just yep. everybody two and a half right, yep. so, two and a half so we're all hovering around the same thing it's just not good but we're yeah. basically more agreeing with the critics than say that one rotten tomato audience score that's for sure um all right so like we said next time we're looking at cocaine bear which hopefully yes. should just be the 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 perfect <laughs> dessert thing after going back into the mcu and racking our brains and doing homework <laughs> and all this stuff it's like cool now we're just gonna see a bear do some fucking cocaine that is gonna yes. be fantastic um but yeah there's not a ton to look forward to after that but i'm still enjoying we the tv stuff that we're watching last of us was good again and poker face was good again and shrinking got to me again so like it's all it's all those things that we we had going on from last week's uh shows still still marvelous job so check out those shows if you want to you know have something when you were after you're disappointed in quantum mania presumably <laughs> um but yeah next week cocaine bear uh and then we'll see where it goes from from there because i think it's like stuff like creed 3 and john yeah, don't Wick you and, dare talk about creed 3 man i hear jonathan majors again uh is superior but we'll see whether the movie holds up so you know I enjoy the Creed series. I'm not a I'm not a hater on that. So we'll see how this goes, especially with Michael B. Jordan being the director this time and no Sly. So yeah. is it going to be weird? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Let's get but, weird. But <laughs> as always, thank you to everyone out there for listening. Go and check us out. You know, rate, review, subscribe, do the whole thing, uh, and come back next week for more recent activity. Now with cocaine. <laughs> do drugs, kids. <laughs>